Hi guys, um, welcome back to Attack on Final Fantasy. Um, I am just dropping this episode here because it's only going to be about 10 minutes long, so it's not really justified as a main episode, um, and I kind of want to get dug into Season 2 now. Um, bear with Season 2, I've only just sort of got my head around editing a little bit, um, so you might notice the change in my voice now, um, whilst I'm recording this one. But with season two, I recorded it about a month ago, so it was uh, it's pretty much in the same sort of state as season one. I am trying to go back to the episodes and add little little sort of musical stings and things, but going forward from season two, I think season two is only seven episodes as well. So going forward from there, the episodes will have more editing and hopefully be a little bit friendlier for your cute little ears. In this uh, little episode here, I played through Final Fantasy 1 on the NES. Um, I emulated it on my phone, speed it up, obviously, like I do, because I'm not going to sit around and play this game for 20 hours um, just to get through it when I could do it in sort of five. Well, I say five, but it wasn't five because I did grind for quite a bit. It took me the best part of two evenings worth of grinding, um, but it was well worth it. It probably saved me time in the long run. Right, let's get into it. Um, so I make everyone black belts again because it worked so well with the GBA version and I start the adventure. Uh, the toughest part of starting was gaining that first level from level 1 to level 2. I had so little help to begin with, I was finding myself going back into town after every single battle to rest at the inn. At level 2, everybody's health did double, which is good because now I could spend more time outside battling and I do plan to hit level 5 for going to the north and to Chaos Shrine to rescue Princess Sarah. Um, at level 4 I head back into town and now that I'm fighting for a bit longer outside town I can actually afford some equipment so I get myself chainmail for everyone and some wooden nunchucks for everybody as well. And although I said that I was going to get to level 5 uh, before going up to Chaos Shrine I get a bit bored of fighting goblins so I head up there at level 4. Um, I grab stuff from the chest inside and then take on Garland, he goes down fairly easily and we rescue Princess Sarah. The king thanks us and he constructs a bridge to the north and the princess hands over a loot. Um, I do a bit of shopping, then I go to Matoya's cave to say hello. Her place is littered with skulls and she's missing her crystal, not her crystal eye. After this spooky interaction, I head to Provoker. Uh, when I get there, I can't rest at the inn because of the pirates, so I heal up with some potions and take them on. I win fairly easily, to my surprise. Um, I accept the ship as a gift and rest at the inn. Outside I level myself up to 10 before crossing the water. These levels are not coming quickly but thank god for the speed up function on the emulators. I go to Elfheim and the prince is sleeping so I return to levelling and get to 15 before hunting down the derelict castle. I've unequipped all my weapons and armour now so my guys are just running around the world map punching things naked. It's gotten a lot easier, and the only problem I'm having is the targeting system. 
I actually find Marsh Cave before the castle, so I go on in. This is a bit of a struggle due to the amount of poison that goes on. I decide before heading down too far, I'm going to level up to level 20 and then find the boss. This takes a while because I need to keep going back to Elfheim to heal and stock up, but I eventually hit level 20 and fight the boss. I grab the crown from the chest and I'm forced to hunt down the castle. I manage to escape Marsh Cave and go to Elfheim once more before going to the castle. Um, when I track it down, I kill Astos after handing him the crown and I gain the crystal. It's time to visit Matoya again. I trade the crystal for a herb that I need to use on the Elven Prince to wake him up. Um, now this is where I take a small detour. Above Provoker, there's a peninsula where you can encounter enemies that you wouldn't be able to until after you get the airship. So here, I flick on four times speed, turn on some Midnight Mass on Netflix, and start grinding. It takes a fairly long time, but I do manage to hit 50, which is the max level for this game, and I'm feeling overly confident that nothing's going to stop me now. Um, also, now I don't need to worry about going to the depths of dungeons, just run in, do what I need to do, and dive out again. So, onwards. I take the herb back to the Elven Prince and wake him. In return, I get the key for the locked doors. Key in hand, I go back to Cornelia Castle and unlock the door and grab the TNT. Uh, now it's time to go visit the dwarves. Once I get there, I chat with the overexcited pyromaniac and he blows a hole in the land for me. Bless his little cottons. I dock at the dock outside Melmond. Um, I wasn't going to bother heading in, but I do realise that the items that I pick up from the chest behind the locked doors um, do get auto-equipped, so I dip in to sell them. Uh, not that Neil Gill, after all that grinding that I did, uh, I also rest at the inn. After this, I make my way down to the Cavern of the Earth. Um, I don't know if it's just quality of graphics, but the world feels a lot smaller than it did in the Game Boy Advance version. Um, I wind my way down through the cavern and kill a vampire. I grab a ruby from a chest and then head back out again. Nothing is uh, really stopping me at this point. Another thing that's making this really easy is that enemies are actually running away from me. Um, I'd say about 90% of the enemies run away, uh, the other 10% are getting beaten into the ground before they have a chance to. The journey from Melmond down through the cave, beating the vampire, getting the ruby, going back up, feeding the giant the ruby, and then going through down to the old man to get the rod, I took 2 HP worth of damage that whole entire time it's absolutely nuts um, being way overpowered for this game is definitely worth it the old man yeah gives me this rod um, and i've got to use it to open stone slab behind the vampire's chamber so i head on back um, when i do arrive i try interacting with stone slab but nothing happens this makes me panic a little bit uh, so I try again and still nothing. I start thinking maybe I'd miss a step. I check to make sure I have a rod on me and I do. And I select it in the inventory screen and this uses it and it breaks a slab. This is the first time in this game I've had to use something from the inventory and it's just not done it automatically. Anyway, I chuff on down and go deeper into the cavern, calling out to Lich as I go. I find him and kill him. One orb is restored, and I use the little warp thing to get out of here. 
So now I'm out of the world map, I go back to Melmond and then I head on to my boat uh, into the open ocean to search for Crescent Lake. It takes a bit but I manage to find the place and I get the canoe from the old man and now it's time to go to Mount Golg. Uh, when I get there it's a little bit weird that I have to walk into the top left tile to get in. It's basically a mountain on four separate tiles but on the other three tiles you can't it won't let you enter so I have to go to the top left which I thought was a little bit strange um, but once in I wind my way down and around the fiery depths to Marilith uh, and I kill her and the second orb's done I walk back out again to the world map once more. The next thing on the checklist is getting the levee stone so I can get the airship so it's time to go to the ice cavern. This place is still a nightmare I absolutely despise this place I never look forward to it um, on any of my playthroughs whether it's on this uh, the GBA or the PSP version which is basically the GBA version um, it's just horrible so eventually I do get around it um, no troubles from enemies it's just uh, the amount of battles that I have to go through to get there um, but in the NES version it's not called a levy stone it's called the floater I've got a floater so I head down to the desert and I use the floater in the small desert uh, and the airship rises from the sands. Now I could go and upgrade my party to masters but I'm not going to because I've been told by Bill over at Bill's JRPG Adventures and other trappings that doing so decreases their magical defence. I don't think it would matter that much to me but I'm going to skip that step because it means I complete this game a lot quicker. I go to the desert caravan and I buy the ferry for 50,000 gil. Uh, whilst I'm in this area I go to robots in the waterfall to get the cube and this is where I learned something that I did not know. The equipment that you pick up isn't auto equipped at all. Um, the party members hold on to it in their little menus but they don't equip it. You have to do that yourself. Um, when you do it will come up with a little capital E next to it. Um, I only found this out because I got a ribbon from a chest and I got poisoned in a battle after that uh, by the guy that was meant to have the ribbon. So I thought, oh, that's a bit weird. Maybe he doesn't have it, but he did have it. And when I selected it, it came up with a little E and it was all fine. Um, this means that when I had equipment before, it wasn't equipped. I was just holding on to it. Um, and also I have been running around this whole game completely naked, just punching things. Another thing I've noticed is that when I do equip a ribbon, my absorb, which is basically my defence in this game, goes from 50 down to 1. Um, since everything is crumbling underneath my fists of fury, I decide to unequip it and run the risk of gaining any status uh, ailments I do. So I go to the north, into the town that's surrounded by mountains. I release the ferry into the lake. She goes to the bottom to get me the oxy ale. And then I go to get into the submarine uh, to go to the sunken shrine and murder Kraken. Once down there, I bumble my way through. And this time I actually remember to grab the Rosetta Stone from a chest before leaving. Uh, Kraken goes down nice and easy, but the enemies are getting braver. I took some damage in this shrine, um, but another orb down. Now one more to go. 
Back on the world map, my next stop is Melman to learn Lufanian. Uh, once I've done that, I park the airship north of Lufanian town and start trek south to it. This is where I'm fighting the enemies that I was fighting from Pravoka uh, on that peninsula of power. Uh, once I arrive, I get the chime for the tower and I go back to my airship. I fly to the desert with the tower in the middle and get my hiking boots on once more to cross the desert. I head inside and make my way to the top floor. Here I get warped to the Sky Fortress. Look out to you, Matt, I'm coming to get you. When I get to the top floor, the very first step that I take, I get to a battle. And this is with the War Mech. Um, this is, I think it is actually credited as the first super boss of Final Fantasy games because it is the hardest enemy in the whole entire game. But I managed to take it out, so... I don't think Tiamat or Chaos are going to be any challenges from now on. Um, but thank God I did not come across this in my GBA playthrough. Yep, Tiamat goes down and I get the last orb. Now all that's left is to go back to the Chaos Shrine and head back in time to face Chaos. Once back in time, I wander the halls of the final dungeon, uh, beating up anything and everything that stands between me and the end of this game. To my surprise, I actually run out of potions down here and get to Chaos in a pretty beaten up condition. However, once I meet him, he goes down within one round. The poor thing only has 2000 health. It's so much easier than the GBA version. So, that's that done. Although I do appreciate this game for what it did to the genre as a whole, I don't think I'll ever play the NES version again. I would gladly run through the GBA or the PSP versions, um, but this is pretty annoying having to buy potions individually, then using them was even more annoying. Um, I did make a mistake in my Season 1 uh, when I was listening back. I stated that... The potions healed random amounts. They don't. They just heal 30 health every use. So thanks for listening to this. And thank you for continuing to listen to um, me play through these games. I'm having a blast doing this podcast. Um, I honestly didn't think that I would be able to do something like this. Because I don't have a clear voice. Um, well, I never thought I did have a clear voice. Uh, and now that I've got the ability to actually edit things down properly, I'm hoping, like I say, from end of season two onwards, it's just going to get better for the podcast. Um, so I do hope you stick around and continue listening. You can find me at Select Attack on Twitter or Attack on FF at hotmail.com. Um, I am planning to set up a couple more socials, uh, hopefully this evening actually, at time of recording. So it might already be, no it won't be in the show notes because as soon as I edit this I'm releasing it. So uh, yeah, yeah, like I said, I just really hope you enjoy this and I really hope you keep listening through season 2. Bear with it and I promise season 3 onwards will be a little bit clearer for you. Thanks, bye bye.